reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom Patrol! Welcome once again to the Doom Patrol podcast. I am your host, Scott Coles, and with me, as always, is Murray Fox. And this week, we are going to look at Doom Patrol number 27 from November 1989. It is by Grant Morrison, Richard Case, and John Nyberg. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a nice Simon Bidley cover again. Yes. Robot Man's looking all puppety. I don't know the or maybe that's not Robot Man. That's a mannequin or some sort. Just a puppet. We got some creatures hulking in the background and lots of craziness on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Silence, I guess. Yes. We'll meet Doctor Silence momentarily. Yes, yes, yes. As we dive in here. Because last we left off, the Doom Patrol and all of Paris had just been eaten. <laughs> eaten by a painting. It's absorbed into the painting by Paris. That's right. And so we uh, open up on the splash page there and we get one of those cool pictures where you get the, the picture of the painting, which is showing a picture of a painting, which is showing a picture of a painting, and it just goes back further and further and further and... Somewhere in there, at the very, very end of it, I'm sure, is Paris End. And it's hanging out there, hanging out in the painting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we start off with a why is, who is, where is, how is, when is, what is the painting that ate Paris. And then... There's a lot of text in this one. We... Oh, yes. <laughs> Well, Basically, we, got... we get a rundown of uh, the history of the painting that ate Paris, uh, Samuel Coleridge. Yes. 1808. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of fancy talk, giving us the history of the uh, the painting, and in the end, let me see. Uh, yeah. Oh, the... it says he knew about this painting. The painting which it was said possessed the power to physically devour those who beheld it. The painting was the work of Piranesi, the same artist whose delirious visions of vast engines, splendid stairs, abysmal chasms, etc., etc., have so haunted my own dreams. For my own part, I could scarcely believe that the story contained any truth, but Coleridge had it in mind to commence a long poem based on the subject. Yes. There we go. Right, right, right. And then we flip the page and we find that Mr. Nobody is reading out of the journal to his his gang of brotherhood there, the Brotherhood of Dada. So he's kind of reciting the history for them. <laughs> it's a story within a story within a story. It's like a painting within a painting within a painting. Right on. And... Uh, he, yeah, he tells them it was Thomas De Quincey, five feet tall, bundle of fun. And they're like, Thomas De who? 
to Quincy. And of course, Mr. Nobody's like, that's our man. He was a, oh, and the, uh, the fog, that's his name. He's talking, he gives us a little bit of history there. He's like an early 19th century philosopher. Creep. <laughs> Isn't it a bit? He wrote Confessions of a English Opium Eater. And then, you know, one of the personalities he's absorbed says, it's unfair to call him a creep. Uh, oh, so you like it in here, do you? Don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, shut up. <laughs> I love having him have all these discussions with himself there. Yeah. All righty. Don't you know anything, he says. And uh, big guy with the top hat. What is he? He's not the quiz. He's, uh, He's frenzy. Right. Frenzy. No, I don't, as a matter of fact. <laughs> how, yeah, how come you're so intelligent? And uh, he explains, it was my mom and dad, okay? You don't mean it. <laughs> Bastards. We're all into that romantic poetry crap. Uh, why do you think... Don't say it. They called me Byron, huh? Byron Shelley. Can you imagine what school was like? <laughs> and we get... Uh... Sleepwalking. Yeah, 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 sleepwalk. So what's this De Quincey bloke got to do with us then? Well, little sleepwalk, well... What I've just read has everything to do with us and with our dreams of global absurdity. I want the painting, you see. The painting. And he pokes her in the nose. The painting that eats people. The painting still exists. Oh, Piranesi's original was destroyed in 1814, shortly before the defeat of Napoleon. Lost forever amid the flame and the turmoil of war. But many years later, a duplicate was created. And we get the history of the duplicate there. Uh, as an interesting aside, Oscar Wilde mentions the story of the painting in his unpublished Confessions of Sebastian Melmoth, in which he claims that it inspired him to write the picture of Dorian Gray. The second painting, however, was the work of the brilliant, unstable Max Borngast. This young... Uh, yes. <laughs> of course. Yes, the young Icelandic artist had a certain cult following in the early years of this century. He was well known for his esoteric interests. The story goes, he locked himself in his room, and using shamanistic techniques, which they say date back to man's infancy, emerged after several days with a, how can I put it, with a hungry painting. In the end, experiments like these sent him absolutely loopy, and he spent the rest of his short life scribbling on the walls of a lunatic asylum. The paintings, along with much of Borden Gost's other work, completely vanished. It is next referred to by the English occultist Austin Osman Spare. <laughs> There's another great name. Well, I believe actually was an actual occultist. Very cool. Uh, using his automatic drawing technique, Spare attempted to produce a similar painting. Needless to say, the attempt failed. Finally, in 1923, the painting surfaced as part of the collection of the enigmatic and sadistic Comte d'Aguille. D'Aguille? D'Aguille. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was seized by the Nazis when they occupied France in 1940, and from there passed into the hands of one Horst Eismann, so-called scientist of the strange. Eismann. That's right. They're always taking the art. He's a multi-billionaire arms dealer, a pale, frail, asthmatic who spent the last 25 years collecting bizarre artifacts from around the globe. This collection of weird relics and mysterious forbidden books is currently stored in a converted observatory high in the French Alps. 
And you want us to steal the painting, right? Bravo, Mr. Shelley. Nobody can accuse you of being a complete spaz. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Time to take your sleeping pills, Holly. Time to pop a Barry Manilow tape into your headset. I want you out for the count. But first, gather round. Here's the plan. Yes. <laughs> you know, Giffen really got his uh, voice well there. Like when uh, when he started using that character in the later Doom Patrol issues. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, did, very, he did very well at the capturing sort of the goofiness of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so then we flash into uh, Rebus's room for a little while, and he's got one of those uh, Russian dolls that are, you know, those stacking dolls. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So he's saying, push, pop, stack. Jargon of recursive sequence. Every doll, an isomorphic mapping of every other doll. Wait, slow down. Why? Life is too short. I don't understand all of this. Not all at once. I only collect them. We collect. Ah, yes, remember. Electrons propagating, emission and reabsorption of virtual photons decaying into annihilating electron, electron-positron pairs. Phew. <laughs> what? So it's like he's having a conversation with himself, too. Interesting. Uh, we inhabit a virtual universe recursion at the level of... And that is when... Cliff comes bursting in and says, Larry. And uh, Negative Man says, sorry, Rebus. <laughs> says, I keep telling you, Cliff, I'm, I know, I know, you're not Larry anymore. Gotta call you something. Look, I just want to talk to you, man. I mean, we've known each other for years. I worry about you, that's all. You talk to yourself all the time. There's no furniture in your room. And to tell the truth, you're starting to smell funny. What's okay. <laughs> what's going on under those bandages, Larry? Nothing. Nothing you would understand. And Cliff grabs him by the collar and pulls him over, and he's like, Don't patronize me. I get enough of that from you ordinary people. I don't mean to. I'm simply telling you the truth. When, or even I, even we, have difficulty understanding all the changes that are taking place. These new perceptions... Synesthetic flood of ideas. I, this body, part man, part woman, this body is perfect. This perfect, glorious body. Only the mind remains fragmented, sometimes disorganized. There are three of us in here, and the integration is slow. But please, Cliff, don't worry about me. The Enigma Regis is about to unfold. I'm very happy. Did I tell you that sometimes I see through time as though through a clear window? My brain is lit by mantic fire. It's happening now. Uh, And he starts quoting something. As I was going up the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish, I wish he'd stay away. That verse was written by Hughes Mearns, Mearns, I guess. We must beware of men who aren't there. Oh. All the time he's talking, he's taking the smaller dolls or the bigger dolls, and they're hovering about, I would say, about four feet. Yeah, the they're just kind of floating they're around in there. And we zip over to the Alps, and we get... Like you do. Like you do, you just kind of zip on. <laughs> Mr. Ballard, Dr. Silence. 
It's a pleasure to welcome you both to my little retreat. One so very rarely gets the opportunity to meet fellow connoisseurs of the curious. The feeling's mutual. You must excuse my mask. I suffer from a rather unusual disease. Such is the nature of my condition that were I to see any reflection of my naked face, I would immediately cease to exist. Hmm. I understand, Doctor. Please come this way. <laughs> so they are led into a lovely, uh, lovely, lovely uh, studio there. Quite some place you have your eyes, man. Yes, I find it comfortable. I hope you can forgive the presence of the guards, but many of the items in my museum are priceless. And he leads them into the museum, and and uh, they say, yes, we've heard rumors. Dare I mention the ghost skin shirt, the fourth secret of Fatima, the yodeling skull of Tavistock. <laughs> really? You may indeed mention them, but not, I would advise, in polite company. And they all have a good laugh at that, and they uh, take the elevator down to the sub-basement, and he bids them welcome, and they enter the museum, and there's just a ton of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. we got skulls and jars of stuff, and teapots and statues, and things are hanging from the ceiling. There's a playing carrot pot. <laughs> yes, there is. Yeah, the very first. <laughs> well, of course. That's a weird. <laughs> of course, much of my collection must remain sealed in the vaults, but I think you may find a few items here to interest you. There, for instance, the very bullets used in the assassinations of Gandhi, Kennedy, and Lenin. If placed under the tongue, they stimulate visions of the future. There, a television set set on which one can view broadcasts from hell. <laughs> the previous owner cut her own throat with a sharpened key, and the key itself is now rumored to provide access into the dreams of children. And then he points to a little statue. Here also the infamous Dresden Madonna, which bleeds sour milk every 28 days. Now, you say you may be interested in trading. Uh, and at this point, we go outside the museum, and the guards are talking to each other. Morning, Gustav. Mm. Be like that then. Morning, Paul. And we see the real Gustav walking in. And so they realize that the first Gustav was a fake. Pseudo-Gustav. That's right. They look down the hallway, and they see um, the quiz working away at some of the... Uh, Alarms, presumably. Yeah. You see with the security system? Yes. And they're like, what the hell do you think you're... And she, of course, is all dirty, 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 dirty. And she does her thing and cleans them all up. <laughs> I turned into the glass statue. Yes. Clean now, she says. And the rest of the guards come running. The lights are down. There's someone in the complex. This way. The rest of you, follow me. Uh-oh. And, of course, he runs right into the fog... And is gobbled up. I guess, yeah. One new member in the fog there. And the uh, little collectors are inside in the dark. They're, what's going on? We appear to be under attack, gentlemen. I shouldn't worry. My guards will. Of course. <laughs> as soon as you say we shouldn't worry. Yeah. That's when that's things... That's when should probably worry. That's right. That's when things fall apart. There's a big explosion. The door bursts open. In comes the... Uh, 
swirling cyclone of oh excuse me oh it took my breath away <laughs> there we go that uh, swirling cyclone comes zooming in what is it don't let it near my face my face and he's holding on to his mask <laughs> and they're like look over there and, and they see uh, three members of the Brotherhood. They see the quiz. They see the little sleepwalker there. They see the fog. And they come floating in and they just say, The painting now. And the uh, Iceman says, I'm not entirely sure that I... You know exactly what we want. The painting that eats people. He's like, I, I can't. It's, it's in the vault. There's a time lock. The painting, Iceman, or we trash this whole place. And uh, Sleepwalker there goes and grabs the vault door, rips it open, grabs the painting, and they start to depart. He's like, uh, Iceman comes out and he talks to his guards, don't shoot, for God's sakes, don't shoot, let them pass. And, uh, I don't think you people know what you're doing. That painting is highly dangerous, he tells them. Don't know what we're doing. Of course we don't know what we're doing. We're totally crazy, man. We're the Brotherhood of Dada. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> and they head out. This is probably my favorite, my favorite part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Eisman, sir, we found two men down by the boiler room. They, they've been turned into statues, sir. Glass statues. It's horrible. Statues of glass. How very odd. Bring them down to the museum. This day may not be a complete disaster after all. <laughs> that guy is a freak. There you go. Life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. <laughs> He's very optimistic. That's right. So, now we head over to Paris. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, Mr. Nobody speaking. Children and microbes and all listening gods, the Brotherhood of Dada bids you welcome. But what is Dada, I hear you say? Dada is a state of mind. Dada applies itself to everything, and yet it is nothing. It is the point at which yes and no and all opposites meet. Dada is useless, like everything else in life. And Dada has no pretensions, just as life should have none. Thus do we present this absurdist ritual for your entertainment very, very, very shortly. This drab workaday world and everything in it will be forever changed. Follow us into the golden country, into the empire of senselessness. Yes, indeed, in the name of Duchamp and Zara and Breton, in all the names of that sweet celestial host, but most of all in the blessed name of St. Arthur Cravon, the nihilist martyr, we offer you the painting that ate Paris. And they're doing the Vanna White thing, kind of. <laughs> Showing it off there. I plan to compose an instant, and then the police come running up. All right, that's enough. Break this up. You, I want to see your... And a dead chicken flops down onto the ground. There, we have now taken over the world. What are you going to do about that? And the police are like, what? You think that's funny, eh? <laughs> well, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at all. And we zip over to Doom Patrol headquarters. Cliff is wandering through the hallways, gloomy. And the chief comes, uh, yeah, the chief calls him up. And he's like, what's going on? Is something wrong? 
And the chief says, get in here quickly to his vast computer network. Make yourself ready to leave immediately. Cliff, I'll alert the others. He's like, what is it? What's up? Check the monitors, Mr. Seal, says uh, Dorothy. It's Paris. Something real weird's going on in Paris. Chief might be the haircut. He looks a little bit like the Jesus of Rasputin. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting a little shaggy. Yeah. All right, back in Paris, Mr. Nobody is telling the police, I'm afraid I can't understand a word you're saying. I don't speak fascist. Fascist. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Stop moving or you're... They pull out their guns, but... One of them gets turned into a toilet full of flowers. <laughs> and the other one has a bullet sent speeding towards Quiz. And the bullet just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it gets so big that it just falls to the ground under its own weight. That's kind of that cool. Was, that's a cool little feature, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Although I would kind of like the toilet flower power. Yeah, that's a pretty cool power. <laughs> Very unique. You don't see it too often these days. No. No. It's like one of those superpowers that Superman would have got back in the 50s for one issue. <laughs> That's right. Not a real story. An imaginary tale. Yeah. When Superman was a toilet. <laughs> All right. Mr. Nobody says, as I was saying, I am about to compose an automatic poem to activate this marvelous painting. Ah, poetry, the language of paradise. I shall call it the Persian Red Railway. The Persian Red Railway, bound in chains of sightless harmony, sudden clamor threatens the sweating windmills. And, uh... Meanwhile, Streetwalk is twirling the dead chicken. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like she's juggling something there. He continues on, Winding, winding, O radiant fairy, Dismember me in blackstrap suicide, In winding iron rot railing. And people start to get pulled into the painting. They're running away, but it's no good. This sick circumference bound in chains, bound in egg white, colliding bishop, cuddle my brain. It works, it works, it works. And they're all sucked into the painting. Lightning flash. That's right. And inside we get to see uh, the Brotherhood of Dada peering into the painting. And they're saying it works. And then uh, the camera pulls back a bit and we see that they're inside the painting. Telling us that it works. And the changing is in the middle of a barren field where Paris used to be. That's right. It is completely empty. Very cool. Yes. So many neat little ideas in there. Yeah, well, it, this is one of the things where the Brotherhood of Donna comes in and they're like, we're not really bad guys so much as we just want to do crazy stuff. Like, yeah, I guess they're sort of, it's sort of bad what they're doing, but it's, <laughs> it's so on uh, the crazy end of the bad scale, you're just like, I, I don't even understand what's going on. Yeah, that's okay. right. Plus, it's Paris. I mean, really. <laughs> Who's going to miss yeah. it? Exactly. <laughs> it's not Quebec. It's super cool. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll put up a tower in Quebec and everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally, totally. All righty. So we get to the letters page, and who's on there? Who's in there? Um, blah, blah, blah. Mike Norton has a letter. I'm presuming Yeah, I've uh, about that. I wonder if it, it's... The Mike um, Norton. He's Mike Norton. Yeah. I think it must be, but I don't really know for sure. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to ask him about that, but I keep forgetting. And I actually need him. Yes. 
Were you a letter hack in your day? <laughs> let me see. We don't get much in the way of editorial comment. They are just letting the uh, the letter writers have their say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I think Mark Wade is still getting his getting his feet under him as he uh, takes over the book because he's still fairly yeah new on this book. But the other thing about it is this, this letter stage eventually becomes just sort of weird. <laughs> There's not so much in the way of back and forth conversation. It's just people sending really strange letters into it. Yes. Alrighty. So there we go. We get a little ad for Dead Man. I'd forgotten that he had a miniseries. Uh, he had two, I believe. Yeah. This one looks like... the second one. Okay. Kelly Jones, Mike Barron. Kelly Jones always had a great visual for Dead Man. I always liked that one. Yeah, yeah. The big... Does your issue still have the uh, poster for West Craven's Shocker in the middle? Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's there. I uh, I did never get around to pulling it out. I figured <laughs> collector's item for sure. Uh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What else is coming out right now in this month? Animal Man is coming out. Animal Man. Uh huh. Blackhawk was still being published. Checkmate. Legion eighty nine. Power of the Atom is probably getting close to yeah final run final issue. Starman's got to be getting close to its final issue, I think. I can't. Starman, I think, lasted. I want to say a good forty issues. Or something. Really? Okay. Well, then it's still got a ways to go. Could be it's... wrong, but I think it definitely passed like twenty. All right. Well, it's only at sixteen now, so it's got a ways to go then. All righty. There you go. That is life in DC at this particular point in time. Alrighty. Excellent. Alrighty, and if you have anything you'd like to share about DC at that time, or about the Doom Patrol, or about whatever paintings are eating you, you can uh, wander on over to our our uh, website, doompodtroll.com. Yes, you can comment on any of the episodes. They're all posted up there. Or you can send us an email at... Doompodtroll at gmail.com. Because that's... Well, that's how it works. That's how, how it works. Totally. Totally. Yes. All righty. Otherwise... That will feed you for a week. Yeah. And Right on. Catch you all later. Bye-bye.